All right, here with Sarah Kaminsky. And we were just talking about names uh, and how you, I don't understand, because maiden name is Spears. Spear. Spear. Spearer. Okay. Singular. Singular Spear. Okay. And you were saying you had more problems with Spear than you did Kaminsky. Yeah. Why? Like how? I don't know. How would people mispronounce or what did they say? Uh, Spear, Spears. Um, steer, I would get a lot. And maybe that's because of the name, that, the way that I pronounced it. I would get like an S-T-E-E-R. How did you pronounce it? Spear. Spear. What, what does it sound like? It sounds like spear. <laughs> yeah. It sounds very normal. Yeah. Names are so weird. I mean, you were saying like, well, how do you pronounce your name? It's obviously it's Adri. Unless you read it and then it could be Audrey or you're going to add an A-N to the end. It's going to be Adrian or uh, you just leave out letters like R-E or, you know, change them around and get Andy. It's, it's nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. But thanks for coming down. Yeah. I'm thanks really, for having me. Yeah. I'm really happy. And I think this is funny and you might think, not think it's funny, but you were like one of the first person when I decided I was going to start the show, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, you want to come on the show? And you're like, yeah, no, no, I really... <laughs> Not interested. I mean, you didn't say you were very polite, but I got it because like, you don't want to be a guinea pig, right? I mean, I don't know if that's what you were thinking, but I would imagine you're like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. So it wasn't anything personal, of course. Yeah, I know. Um, it was more just, I think that your timing was okay. like gearing up for the holiday season. And as a, you know, in the business that I'm in, in the packaged food world, that's like huge. Huge. So we're gearing up for that. We moved last year um, in November. So we were buying and selling our house. And I also learned like right around the time that you had reached out that we were expecting our third baby. So I had a lot of pieces moving. Yeah, that's and so, a lot. No offense, but you just weren't at the top of the list. Damn it. <laughs> I'm used to it. Don't worry. No, that's that's a lot though. Yeah. With the business. Now you started your – how long ago did you actually – because you had – if I, and I mm-hmm. just from seeing you through social media – you had that veg out project, which I thought was very cool. Yeah. And you had the little, like the t-shirts with the, you had like a carrot or something with, I don't know. It was, it was very cute and it was very cool. And you're a vegetarian, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. And that's your message. Uh, and then all of a sudden I look and you have a granola company. Thought, okay, that makes sense. But how long ago did you actually start the, the, the best granola ever? So best ever granola. Oh, best ever granola. I'm sorry. It's it's literally, I'm staring at it. <laughs> it's just moving words around. Um, so it was a pandemic pivot. It was a, I mean, we, it was necessary because I was with the Veg Out Project. I was doing health coaching and consulting. I was doing meal planning. And my message has always just been like, eat more plants. Like, you know, really, I think diet culture has us like, pigeonholing ourselves into feeling and putting pressure on us really with like you have to eat a certain way where you say like I'm vegan or I'm vegetarian or I'm low carb or I eat keto and that's just the way that I live like why don't instead we just say I just eat as many plants as I can and let that complement whatever your current diet is and it takes the pressure off and you reap all the benefits of like better digestion and higher energy and just vitality overall. So I was doing the health coaching and consulting. I was doing the meal planning and COVID hit and it was like, boom, we saw this like drastic drop in the memberships of our meal planning service. 
Nobody was investing in health coaching and consulting. I mean, we, myself included, we all just sort of froze on spending because we didn't know what was happening. What, right. Like, yeah, like everybody else just yeah. saying, okay, two weeks, you thought, hmm, maybe, but probably not, but hopefully. Yeah. And then... Two years later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, two, two weeks was a month and then it was three months and all of a sudden, yeah, now here we are two years later. And it's great that you pivoted. Yeah. And you have to, as an entrepreneur... Because shit's going to hit the fan and a lot of people just get stuck and they said, well, this is what I was doing. Now I can't do anything. Uh, I might as well just give up. Yeah. And it's, you know, a great entrepreneur will have that ability and that vision to say, okay, we've got to pivot now. So congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like the most stressful time ever Um, because my husband and I both were self-employed. My husband um, co-founded Three Rivers Outdoor Company. So at the time we had the retail shop in Regent Square and I had, we were both, we were 100% we were self-employed. It was like the scariest time ever. Um, But I racked my brain and racked my brain and probably like around July I said to him like, hey, I have that granola recipe. Like what if we just packaged it and put it out there? What do you think? Do you think it would move? And he's like, well, we can put it in the shop and, you know, you can sell it online and, you know, let's, sure, like, let's just see what happens. So I just started doing research. Like, what does it even take to, like, start a packaged food business? How do you, like, you know, what are the labeling mandates? What does the state require? Is this something that I could even do? Is it going to be, like, am I going to make money doing something (laughs) like this, you know? Um, Because I had the recipe. Uh, It was just a matter of, like, packaging it and, like, figuring out a way to kind of put it out to the world. So I did all of that work in November. Um, we're coming up on our second birthday here next month. So November awesome. of 2020, uh, I just sort of put it out to the world. And I don't know, here we are. It's been awesome. Are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you were talking about the recipe. Is it like a family recipe or something you created? Um, it was one of the recipes that was initially featured in uh, my meal planning service that I had offered with the Veg Out Project. So... Um, you know, just plant-based, gluten-free, simple, you know, simple ingredients. Um, you know, we use organic gluten-free rolled oats, um, unsweetened coconut chips, and lots of raw seeds. Okay. And this is the, you brought me, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is the dark chocolate chia. I'm going to taste it because yeah. I haven't had it. So this one won, this is our second recipe um, that we brought out to the world spring of 21 um and we won a good food award for it this year are you familiar with the good food awards i'm not so there are san francisco oh, based damn good <laughs> that is good um it's a san francisco based um organization that recognizes companies for not just like epic taste but ingredient sourcing and sustainability so they have this like whole really deep vetting process where they go to each one of your ingredients individually and trace it back to the farm level. So they want to make sure that like every ingredient that you're putting into the products that you're like right now holding in your hand is traceable to the farm level um, to ensure wow. sustainability. So how did you go out and source all that? I mean, did you con- or did you did you contact everybody individually or did you have a kind of a liaison, if you will, that knew the industry and said, well, here's where we get you're shaking your head. No, I did it all. You did it all. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a lot of work. Yeah, and I, it's you know it's uh, it's it's changing and evolving. You know, obviously, like as we grow, um, we you know I have a receipts 
pinned to my um, bulletin board at home with one of the very first like bulk orders of oats and sesame seeds that we ever did. And it was like a 25 pound bag of oats and a five pound bag of sesame seeds. And I just wrote this note on it, like, remember where you started? Because now we order, you know, we, we bring in oats by the pallet. We order a thousand pounds yeah, of oats at a time. That's awesome. So, you know, obviously where we were purchasing and sourcing that first 25 pound bag, it's different now with the volume that we are going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's really just about, I mean, going back to that idea of pivoting and knowing that like, okay, this is the source that's working for us right now, right now, where we are. And as you grow, it's like, okay, what's, what's the best source for us now? And what's the best source for us now? And that will continue to change and evolve as we grow and, and evolve. You got to keep it away from me. Cause that is, <laughs> that is really, I mean, honestly, I could eat that whole bag sitting right here and I would just crunch in everybody's ear this whole time, but it is. I can't touch it. Put it back. <laughs> I'm putting it over by you. I will eat that later for sure. That's yeah. my lunch today, that yeah. whole bag. I'm happy to share it with you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and I'm not really a granola. I mean, I like granola. I think everybody kind of likes granola, I, or most people. I'm like, I don't go out of my way for granola. But that, my gosh. Now, so you said you had two recipes. Yeah, so we started with the original and then the dark chocolate chia. Then this spring, this last spring, we launched our first limited additional, limited edition seasonal. Um, so we just did a run for like four months mm. of a lemon blueberry thyme. That one was also nut free, but I don't have it right now. That's the well, and that's the problem with with granola. Is then so if you have my children have tree nut allergies, mm -hmm. as a lot of people do. Why I have no idea. Yeah, I don't have tree nut allergies. My wife doesn't have tree nut aller allergies, but they do. And you know they like granola, and you search, and you can't go anywhere to get something that has granola in it because they don't know if it has tree nuts. Nobody really knows, but there's very few granola. So we we, we would buy them online when they were kids and hope for the best, you know. And they, and everybody would say. These companies would say they're tree nut free, and you, I have to assume that they're probably correct, you know. And then you have the shared equipment, and well, I mean, there's only so much we can do. Um, so when I reached, you know, out when we were talking, I don't know when that was. We're talking about tree nut free. You're like, well, we're working on it. We have it coming. So that's great. Um, tree nuts are a big problem. It's strange. We get a lot of requests for We had a lot of requests for a nut-free granola because our original has almonds in it. And so a lot of people, you know, you just listen, you know, you're yeah. a constant, I'm constantly like just getting feedback. I'm constantly learning, constantly evolving. And I think, I don't know, you have to if you- Absolutely. You know, just- That's the fun of it, right? Yeah. 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 And just learning and listening and knowing that like, okay, well, this is our original recipe and it's not going to change, but like, how can we change to serve like another need in the market, you know? Um, and it was leaving the nuts out of this recipe for sure. Yeah. That's a good, good move. Yeah. And I think I brought this up to you too, whenever we were talking, sesame seeds is another one that I hear a lot. Really? Yeah. Huh. Sesame seeds. They don't like the sesame seeds or they're no, allergic to allergic. sesame seeds? Allergic to sesame seeds. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I mean, what Asian food? A lot of sesame seeds. Yeah, in like Asian sesame food. oil. Sesame oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I use, use like sesame oil a lot, like in um, yeah Asian cuisine or mm -hmm. Thai or. Yeah, yeah. I need a new bottle of. Actually, I was just <laughs> looking last night, and I'm like, I need more sesame, sesame oil. oil. Yeah, that's interesting. So is that? Does this one have? 
sesame? It does, yeah. So is that a, a way you're going to go is maybe so to the a one, sesame free one? We just launched a winter seasonal. We just announced it today. It's another oh. tr- it's a chocolate peppermint. I didn't bring it for you because it has almonds. I didn't realize that it was your kids that have It's the, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, so you could have enjoyed I it. I could have enjoyed it. Uh, but that'll be available. That is available. Um Okay. Now. That sounds good. It's good. Like, and um, it's perfect for the holidays. Yeah, too. for sure. Because I was going to ask her to do something special for this holiday. Yeah. And don't go, like, listen, do what you're going to do. What you, and it's very popular. But like pumpkin spice, I, I, I can't. Um, I know people love it. Were you think Was that on the table for thinking of what the seasonal was going to be? Yeah. So if I'm being totally honest, we we just didn't give ourselves enough time to, to test recipes. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, the spring one that we launched, we started testing in February, and it launched at the end of June. So, like, by the time that you, you know, test recipes and then you, you you nail it, you decide that you nail it, well, then you have to design the packaging and you have to – so you go through that whole process. And then by the time you submit, you know, all of your artwork for the packaging, that takes another, you know, four to eight weeks, depending on how long – Jeez from the time that you submit your artwork until you like physically have those bags in your hand. So it is a long process and we just didn't give ourselves enough time. I'm going to blame it on my little baby. <laughs> blame it on the baby. I mean, they can't <laughs> defend themselves. It's a perfect scapegoat. He, he had yeah. me distracted. So <laughs> we didn't have enough time. Um, and the chocolate peppermint was some one that we did, a recipe that we had already nailed and developed last year. We did a really short run for it for the holidays last December, like three weeks we had it available. And I that we just decided, let's just bring it back because people loved it. It flew out. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, why not? So the pumpkin spice, no, it was – we had considered it, but yeah. I feel like that's more of a fall. It's definitely a fall. It's it's not thing. a yeah. Got to come out with it like September through, oh, but only like November. a month. Yeah, you get a month or two run. Because by by Thanksgiving, people are over it. I'm over it the day it starts. <laughs> it starts walking into. I go to the Target and there's a there's a um, Starbucks in Target. And all their signs are pumpkin spice. I don't know how many how many ways can you do pumpkin spice? I don't know. It's it's. I know people love it. I get it. Whatever. To each their own. But uh, yeah, it's something like the lemon blueberry, the sage throat. You said lemon blueberry sage. Lemon blueberry thyme. Thyme, which is probably good. But that the thyme the thyme throws me off. It gives Just it a, it gives it a little bit of it. like an earthy, yeah. um, savory back note um and i i taste it on the back end but there's a handful of people when we're sampling because when we do events we sa- will sample and some people will be like yeah i just it's feeling like this should be like on a roasted chicken or something <laughs> um, so that was definitely the minority <laughs> but the people that did taste the time on the front end that's kind of like how they were feeling about it for me it was more citrus notes you'd get like the citrus notes on the front end and then like a little bit of that sort of savory earth tones that come Coming with, the herbs. with the okay which w- would be pretty cool but I, yeah when you said time i'm thinking i mean blueberry lemon that's a classic yeah. combination i'm not sure how that works on what are you using like an oil or what is it that you're using to infuse the flavor uh with th- so we w- use a pure lemon extract lemon extract uh, unsweetened dried blueberries blueberries in it okay and fresh thyme and then fresh thyme. So we part- ground kind of or uh, yeah, or- just like finely chopped. Okay. Yeah, 
we partnered with Sweetwater Farms at Azealia and Opal for the herbs. I'm familiar with Sweetwater Farms. Yeah. So yes. we we try like as as much as we can to partner with other local businesses. We we go for it. Um, Paul Family Farms is the pure maple syrup that we use. Our granolas are only sweetened with maple syrup. There's no added refined sugars or sweeteners. So they've been an awesome partner um, since the beginning. I'll, like never forget walking up to Travis at uh, Paul Family Farms, the Bloomfield Farmers Market. Probably like uh, it was on Halloween actually, because I had my kids with me, and I remember my older one was in costume. So we walk up, uh, and I hand him this bag of granola, and I said, "Hey." I want to bring this, I, I want to sell this granola. I want to bring this granola to market and I'd like to use your maple syrup. And so he took the bag sort of like, you know, how many people I'm sure are like, oh, I have this great idea. I want to make these cookies or, you know, I want to like, I have this pancake recipe and I want to sell it and I want to use your syrup, whatever. And I actually came back to him, you know, three weeks later with this product and he was like, oh my God, do you have any idea? <laughs> How awesome this is because nobody ever actually comes back. So uh -huh. he's been an awesome partner. Um, now, does, I don't know that much about syrup, but I do know just from like low, people that do it themselves that make their own syrup, it takes a tremendous amount of sap to make the syrup. But and then depending on how, how long you cook it down is the different, what do I want to say, color or depth of the syrup so you get your lighters and your darker and people have are very divided on the the way they like their syrup i never knew this i was like syrup is to me i'm not a syrup connoisseur so it's all fairly similar but people are like no that's way too dark i can't that that will never work or that's way too light or and do you use a dark a medium a light or or is it just kind of what is it always the same? It's just always the same. I don't okay. know. We order, you know, four to eight gallons at a time and they just, I have no idea. I'm not the maple syrup expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do know the benefits of maple syrup as opposed to like adding refined sugar. You're going to be sure. like magnesium and, you know, all of the sort of mineral benefits that come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, maple syrup's way better than any refined sugar. Yeah. So now, I don't. I don't know how the process of packaging. Now you seem to be an expert of this, or you're getting there. Your experience, let's say that. So you you say I'm going to make this granola. You start making phone calls. You're calling everybody. How it, first? How long does this take you before you actually make your first batch for resale? Uh, the first batch for it wasn't even quite. Re it wasn't even quite resale yet because. So we started that conversation in July, my husband and I. I probably started doing research as far as like, at that point, I was just starting in our home kitchen under the cottage food law. What's so, that? So, because that's a concern that people have with small, because I've heard it, they go, well, I don't know where this is being made. Yeah. Are they making it in their kitchen table? And how clean is that? And are they using their hands? Are they, you know, wiping their nose? And yeah. you, you, you could see that certainly happening. Totally. totally. Yeah. Um, well, we had our kitchen. So Pennsylvania, every state is different, but Pennsylvania has something called the cottage food law. And there's like baked goods, um, fermented foods. Um, there's a handful of things that um, kind of fall under this category. And uh, you basically have somebody from the state come out and inspect your home. So your house is inspected, your kitchen is inspected, where you're storing all of your ingredients are inspected. It's not like you're, you know, just... The there's some... Control. Yes. Okay. But so, as soon as they leave. Well, you know, 
you can't have any pets. Oh, that's good. Um, so, you know, we didn't have, we don't have pets. So that wasn't a concern for us. But like, there are certain things that like, if, if you have, you know, X, Y, or Z, like, don't even try to apply for this because you're not, you're not going to be approved. Um, I honestly had no idea how quickly, like if I was going to project in the beginning, like, oh, you know, we're going to be moving into a commercial kitchen space after X amount of time. That wasn't even on my radar. I was like, all right, let's just like start the thing. We're going to run a small batch. I'm going to pack like 20 bags of this bags, yeah. single bags and put it out to the world and just see what happens. And you Perfect. go from I love that. packing like 20 bags to like that holiday season in those first three weeks was like, I, there's literally granola everywhere. I mean, it, like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pounds of granola that went out in three weeks. And like when we were finally able to like sit back and like take a breath after Christmas, I was like, all right, like, so we're doing this thing. Like I remember looking at my husband, Chris, and saying like, all right, so are you sure you want to start this granola company? Because he's not really uh, my partner in it my business partner, but he's my partner in life, right? So like I need his support, his support and his blessing. And, you know, he helps me with a lot of the business and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I think there's times he regrets saying (laughs) 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 when he's unloading like a thousand pounds of oats (laughs) off a pallet. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, what did I I do? What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) It's granola. How did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. But what I loved about what you were just talking about, um, telling your story is that you just went and did it because you know the the paralysis by analysis, which is kind of stupid, but it's true. A lot of people are going to overthink that. I have to have everything perfect before I put this out, and and then it never gets done. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of it's if it doesn't if the first one didn't work. What, what was the problem? Ask some questions and again. try again. Yep. Keep trying. Pivot like we were talking yep. about. And that's um, just go do it. Uh, I was talking to a uh, interviewed a gentleman named Jake Herbert. Uh, I don't know if it was a couple weeks ago. And he was like, man, you use the word try way too much. And this has been bothering me. Like I've been obsessing over what because I'm like, well, yeah, I, I get what you you either do or you don't. Right, the old Yoda saying, you know, there is no try. Uh, but is there trying? You say, oh, I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to be 100% right, but I'm going to try. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to do it. So I get, I'm all stuck on this try thing. But um, to me, trying is like, okay, I've got this idea. It might not be perfect. I'm going to put it out there and see what's happening. It's action. It's action. Just, uh, trying is action. Trying then, is action. Like if you're stuck in that, have you ever heard of... Um, it's the start that stops most people. Just like you were saying, it's like you people get so stuck in this happens. This happens to all of us, right? Where you get so stuck in like, okay, well, how's it going to be? And what's my packaging going to look like? And who am I going to sell to? And who's going to actually buy this? And where am I going to get my oats? And you know, you start to like get yourself all wrapped up in all of these things, where instead of it needing to just to be perfect, you just do the best that you can. And put right? it out there. And you take action yep. and you refine as you go and you get better and you grow as you go. And the only thing that hasn't changed for us is the recipe that's inside every one of those bags. That's like the only thing that hasn't changed. Everything else is constantly changing because I'm learning every day and we're constantly like, I'm getting better. My team is getting better. You know, we're, you just, you, you refine, you just keep refining as you yeah. go. And the, the, the recipe didn't change 
because people loved it. Right. If there was some, if there was feedback to saying, yeah, no, there's way too many sesame seeds, whatever, you probably would have pivoted and said, okay, that wasn't perfect. Let's modify this recipe yeah. and uh, keep moving forward. I love that story. I love that that whole example because it's perfect, and that's what people need to learn is just do it. You just go out, and it's not going to be perfect. Take the show. It's crazy. I, I don't know what I'm doing. But I said, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. But I, I was on the radio for like four or five years. I loved it. And I thought, oh, I could do this again. Yeah. And I could have over. I still overthink it. And there's things, so many things that I have to work on, but I just keep doing them. And then I call Sarah and she's like, no, no, I'm not doing your show. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, per, so persistence pays off too, right? Yeah. So there's like the second big lesson. Yes. Um, and the, I was just sharing this with somebody the other day too. It's like the fortunes in the follow-up, you know, like always just follow up. Because I think, you know, you initially reached out in, just about a year ago mm-hmm. and then you followed up like right after Huxley was born in June. Yes, and it I was, said, I'm sorry, I just had a baby. Can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll talk to you in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I followed up, and you did. Yeah, yeah. and you reached back out, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's where I do. You know, sometimes, and we all do this. You talk to somebody, and it's whether it's your main business, whether it's granola, and like if somebody knows that you, I, I'm not allowed to talk about what I do on on the show for a lot of reasons. But so granola, and you reach out to somebody and you say, hey, or they know that you sell granola and they open a little store and they're like, they know that I, I mean, should I just wait for them to come to me or keep, I mean, there's a balance there. And I'm, you know, I know I'm guilty of it sometimes. And sometimes I'm overly, not, I'm, I'm I try never to be pushy, but I don't think there's any harm in asking multiple times until you get a hard no. You know, if you get a hard no, it's like, okay, that's cool. Right. We're still friends. I appreciate that. Yes. Oh, me too. If somebody says no, thank you, or I don't think it's a good fit, or not at this time, or whatever it is, they don't need to even explain. No. They could say, no, thank you. No. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not going to waste my time. Right. Or yours. Yeah. Or yours. W- w- waste everybody's time. Yeah. yeah. But you still got to go out and you got to ask. And sometimes it's uncomfortable or making the phone calls. You know, and... I, I use the show because I'm not allowed to talk about what I do, so I use this as kind of the examples. But I reach out to people, and they're like, hmm, yeah, I don't think so. Go. You feel kind of bu- bummed, you know, for a minute, and then you're like, well, I'll just reach out to somebody else. Right. And I've only had, out of the people that I've reached out to, I think I've had like, you're the first one to tell me no, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then um, I had somebody else who I can't remember, who, oh, I wouldn't name them anyway, um, that was like, yeah, not right now. Oh, I don't remember who it was. But she's like, you know, reach back out to me in like a year because I'm doing all this stuff. I've got a bunch of stuff on my plate. Cool. That's 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 understandable. But it's still, yeah, a oh, bummer. Yeah, I think I, I don't know, having worked for myself for so many years and not giving, you have to have thick skin you do. or you're not, or you're going to give up. Yep. And you have to be able to hear no and you have to get, you know, Really, you have to be okay hearing, you know, constructive feedback or negative feedback because you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because you'll hear – it's so funny how we hear, like, 
you know, you could hear a hundred good things and you hear one bad thing and all you hear is the one bad thing, even though there's been a billion compliments and a billion ways that, you know, you've been lifted up and your business is being celebrated. But for whatever reason, it's like you hear that one no. Like how many people said yes to your show, right? right. Yeah. But all you hear is that yeah. one no or yeah. like not right now. And you're like, man, like why? And you just start to like overanalyze and overguess. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's And I think it's just human nature. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other part is self-confidence and not being concerned about, you know, you hope that friends and family will be supportive. But what you've probably seen, or maybe you haven't experienced it directly, but a lot of people don't really want you to succeed. Not you personally, but people don't want people to excel above their station in life. And that can be kind of frustrating. And you say, well, I just, I mean, from my perspective, I want, listen, for, I want you to be like the number one granola person in the world. Like, that's awesome. Like, uh, my friend Dan Pipsky just came out with a, you know, he wrote a movie and it's, it's coming out with George Clooney. And I'm like, I'm so excited for him, you know? And you, I love when people do well. But there's other people that just, and they might not say it to your face, but it's become an issue, and some people, it does paralyze some people. And I don't know if it's social media. I'm not sure what it is, but I've heard people, I've had, I mean, people say to me, like, why are you doing a, a podcast? So I don't, why I don't, not? why not? <laughs> I mean, I love it. I have so much fun. Listen, I get to sit here, drink beer, and have good conversations about business, which I love. And I love these whole, these stories and just sitting down for an hour or two, getting to know somebody, hearing their story. I think it's fascinating. And why not share that with other people? They're like, well, you're putting yourself out there. I don't care. Like, this person doesn't think that you should be doing that. That's okay. They can do. They can do whatever they want. You know. But have you had those those um, circumstances where you kind of hear a mumbling in the in the background, and you just kind of have to ignore it? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, you know you're going to have the people in your life that continue to lift you up and you're going to have the people that try to, you know, as, as you're rising, they're trying to pull you back down. It's like imagining like a balloon lifting up to the sky and they're just like, nope, I'm nope, gonna, come, nope, come, nope, I want you back down here with me. No, like, let me go. Yes, I want to float. Well, you <laughs> let might. Let me fly. Yeah. Well, you might, you know, pop. It's okay. Yeah. It's my life. Yeah. I want to do um, the things that I want to do. Totally. Yeah. And then, you know, you reinvent yourself and or, you know, you pivot, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I you can't, you can't control anybody else's thoughts or opinions. You can't. And so don't dwell on them. Right. And I think it's, it's easy, though, to let people's energy, like the, if you're surrounding yourself by people that are, you know, trying to pull down your balloon, it's really easy to, like, feel their energy, like, emulating in you. Yeah, kind of absorbing that energy yeah. and getting to a negative space. So, so just surrounding yourself by the people that are... Positive. More. Yeah. So more of the positivity and the people that are celebrating in you and lift, lifting you up and holding that space for you to do well. You got to. And sometimes there's, like, there's sleepers in there, though, that are like, yeah, I'm really supporting you. I don't know. But it's hard. I think that's everybody goes through that's trying to do something for themselves, trying to create a company. We all want to be successful. And success means completely different things for many different people. It could be monetarily. It could just be, I, I, you know, granola. 
this is my passion and I'm putting this out into the world because I've been, I mean, you've been doing this, for, I don't know how long, but between the Veg Out project, it's pretty much all I know of you is this has been your, your life's work. I don't know if that's quite right, but for 10 years? Uh, 2015, I okay. started the Veg Out project. Seven years? Going on eight years? Um, before that, I taught. I was a first and second grade teacher. You were a teacher. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I have my master's degree in education. Do you? So I taught for seven years. My son Ziggy was born in 2014, and he's the one. And when I went back to work after him, just being gone all the time sucked. Yeah. And I was like, God, I just don't know how I can like feel like I'm a better mom, a more present mom. I just wanted to be more available to him. And working 40 hours a week plus a commute, which was like 50 hours a week, was just not it for me. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing the health coaching uh, nights and weekends. And I did that for two years until I was able to resign from my teaching position. We made a ton of sacrifices to make that work right out of the gate. And I don't know. You just you, you make it work. And that evolved. The work that I did in the beginning evolved so much over you know, the course of time that I did that up until Best Ever Granola. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. The important part there is you keep saying we, you know, because your husband, I don't know your husband, I've never met him, but if he weren't supportive of, okay, yeah, somebody says, I'm, I want to quit my job. Oh, well, I mean, that's big, I don't know what, the, if it's a big portion of our income, I don't know what you're, well, we were, but, in, a, we were in a partnership, right? Like right. we had shared income and we had a yeah. shared mortgage and now we were shit, we had a child, you know? So that wasn't like a decision that I could make by myself. I needed, that was a, we had to make that decision. And I don't know that a lot of people have that where they have a no. supportive person that will take the time to sit down and, and say, this is, maybe not best monetarily, there becomes a lot of pressure and maybe the pressure now f switches over to me a little bit more for money. But what's most important is, is happiness. It, it's so funny because, so I, going back to like making a lot of sacrifices initially and knowing that like when we really looked at our finances in the beginning, it was like, all right, we can do this. It's going to be tight. We can make it work. But your business is growing and knowing that, you know, if we're going to look at the growth trajectory of what it's going to be over the next, you know, 12, 24 months, we're going to be fine. But we just need to know that, like, right now it's going to be really tight. We're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices. And so, like, we didn't go out to eat. We had a very tight grocery budget. And I was actually just listening to one of your episodes where you talked about going into the grocery store and not have – I bought whatever I want. It's so funny. I relate to that so much because – I wrote in a journal, like, for years. I'm walking into Whole Foods, and I'm filling my cart with whatever I want. I'm walking into Whole Foods. I'm filling up my cart with whatever I want. I'm walking into the farmer's market. I'm walking into the Eastern Food Cup, whatever it was. And I affirmed this in a journal forever. And I will never forget the first time that I walked into a grocery store, and I bought whatever I want, and it didn't matter. And that's, like, those are the things to me that, like, that's – that's the work, right? Like yes. that's what I've been working so hard for is so that I could walk into this grocery store and buy whatever I want and support all these other local businesses at a farmer's market or, you know, go into a food cooperative and just, you know, 
buy whatever I want. Whatever you want. Yeah. It's freedom. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, you know, people talk about money and I will always 100% say it's not about the money. Money is the tool, yeah. right? But it's the freedom. Yeah. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the perfect example. Yeah. Um, just going in supporting your local people is huge. I mean, you you sound like you're 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 big on that. I would like to be better. It's just honestly, it's a pain in the it's 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 not a pain in the butt. It's more work. And I don't do all the grocery shopping, but listen, I got a giant eagle, I've got Target within they're opposite directions, but they're all f- both five minutes away. And I'm not a fan of the giant eagle. You know, it's the giant eagle's fine. It's just so expensive for what you're getting. Yeah. And then, but then the rest, like Trader Joe's, I'm I'm a fan of Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, kind of a fan of Whole Foods, although they're, I like the story of Whole Foods. They're pretty expensive. So for Whole Foods for us, so we, our families were vegetarians. So we mm-hmm. eat a lot of, um, we eat a lot of fresh produce. We eat like some meat alternatives, not a lot. Um, but when you things, say meat alternatives, what? Um, like veggie sausages okay, or like veggie burgers, things like that. Something like that, that we'll eat maybe once a week at Giant Eagle. Like if you're going to buy like, uh, beyond burgers or like beyond sausage or something, you're going to pay like $14 for them at Giant Eagle. I mean, it's asinine. Yes. Like I might as, I would just skip it. Yeah. Like I would totally just skip it. Where at Whole Foods, I can get them for like eight bucks. Oh, can you really? Yeah. Because that's more of like their... I guess, yeah. It's I don't shop there enough just because there's not one very accessible, you know? I mean, we go to, I guess, East Liberty. And I prefer... I like Trader Joe's, although Trader Joe's produce isn't always very good. I'm not a fan of their produce. Me but there are other packaged, you know... They're pantry staples. They have great, some great pantry staples. They do. Yeah. They do. Um, I just I made their they, their cornbread stuffing in a box. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Is it? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, okay, I, I made Thanksgiving. I love to cook. Not very good at it. Don't get, you know, but um, so I made an early Thanksgiving the other night and it was just, uh, I roasted a turkey or a chicken. I didn't do turkey. I was going to do turkey. I didn't realize that. And I, I went to Giant Eagle because it's easy, but everything's frozen turkey wise. Like there, I was just trying to get a small turkey breast. Yeah. Like it, everything's frozen. I was like, I don't have time to let it thaw, do all that. I wasn't going to drive over to Whole Foods. But I, so I got a chicken, roasted the chicken. It was very delicious. But I made that that stuffing. I was like, maybe it be, because usually they're not very good out of a box. But it was, it was delicious. Now, here's the other thing. We always used to make our own mashed potatoes. Bob Evans mashed potatoes. Really? They're actually, <laughs> and they have a natural one because we do try to feed our ourselves and our children mostly as natural and organic as 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 possible. I shouldn't say as possible, but as reasonable for our our life. So they have a natural one. I don't know what that means. Like I think you can just say natural on anything, and. Eventually, uh, you know, you say, well, this plastic is natural plastic. It does. It's made from corn, <laughs> which is a thing. Really? Yeah. Plant-derived plastics are becoming a thing. Why don't we just go to hemp? I don't understand. Like, it seems like a much better. Alternative? Yes. Yeah. Plastic's getting 
really out of control. And I, yeah, I know we have a plot. So we have a plastic. Uh-huh. Our I packaging was, is plastic. Um, that is something I was going to ask you about packaging. I, I'm becoming like super hyper aware of the volume of plastic that I am. Not that I'm even buying, but when I go to throw it away, it is like it's very eye open. Everything. Everything's wrapped in plastic. Everything. Everything is packaged in plastic. Um, And for our company, I mean, I'm realizing that just as a family, you know, like the things that I buy, that's one thing that gets me at Trader Joe's or at Aldi, like everything is wrapped in plastic. You're right. All of their produce because they scan everything. Mm -hmm. So. For convenience. Yes. They want it to be fast, whatever. Um, But I'm. Becoming, I, th- I feel like in this season of my life with three young kids, it's just not the time for me to, I have, I have enough. You have, I have enough. enough. Uh, you have enough. There will be a season where I'm going to be much more conscious and um, not that I'm, I'm already conscious, I guess, like more proactive mm-hmm. about like making the buying choice of no, I'm not going to buy that because it's wrapped in unnecessary plastic. That's just not the season I'm in right now, though. I get it. I mean, I, I completely can't. You can't do it all at once. I'm not striving for perfection here. No. I'm just human. You just yeah. yeah, and you'll get there. And then, but there's and with business, any business, there's a cost, right? So you say, okay, I don't know what the bag. Let's say this bag is five cents. I don't know. Let's it's say a lot it's, more than five cents. Let's say it's thirty five pa- cents. Packaging is like it's a wild thing, right? So. We, what does this bag cost? If you it had to, depends on how many you buy. Right. But so for your anywhere from 50 well I guess like 44 cents to like a dollar depending on the volume of bags that you're buying at a time. And you know that's a goal going into 23 is being more, you know, we launched these we launched two seasonal flavors this year. We launched so we had two additional packaging runs that were smaller because we did these small run seasonals that were limited edition. We didn't want to pack 10,000 bags of them. We were packing a limited number of them. Um, And going into next year, we need to do all of that planning in like January, February at the front end of the year. All that packaging will be ordered in the spring for the entire year for all of everything that we put out next year to save so we can put that all in one bulk order as right. opposed to like all these smaller orders because it is substantial. I mean, and when I would say substantial, I mean like you're saving, uh, you know, ha- we're paying basically double then what you by doing be. these small packaging runs. Yes. So 44, but if you had to take, I want, I mean, you might not know this answer, but I would have to imagine that if you wanted a sustainable bag, um, whether it's, made of corn-based plastics or hemp or something. Yeah. I would have to imagine that that's probably in the vicinity of twice as expensive as a plastic. I don't know that that's true. Maybe it's much cheaper than I think. So we didn't look into it yet because we're just not there yet. Um, We initially packaged our product in um, just craft bag. They were plain craft bags with that window. So you could see the product in the front. We put a sticker on the front. We put a sticker on the back. Perfect. It was great until we were doing, you know, hundreds of bags every week. Sticking stickers on like. 
when I talked to you about the volume of stickers, it was literally like what I dreaded most in my whole life every single week was like, oh, God, how many stickers do we have to stick? I mean, it was like rolls and rolls and rolls of stickers. And that's when I was like, all right, we're ready to like make this investment in packaging and take this step. Um, to do a packaging design because the amount of time that we were spending putting stickers on bags, my 92-year-old m- grandmother oh, that's awesome, though. was helping. I would drop stuff off to her and say, like, here's a bunch. I'll pick them up in four days. Yes. I mean, she was helping. our babys- I was paying our babysitter to help us. I mean, it was... That's awesome, though. Yeah. I mean, good. that's, that's the, the quintessential small business story. Just st- stickers and bags, put the product in. We're doing everything we can. Everybody hates you now because they're like, yeah, we want to help you. We love you, but this is, this sucks. <laughs> uh, this totally sucks. How do we get to the next? And, and you got, you, you've got to do this. So I had asked the question before and we kind of got off on a, on a, on a, on a tangent, but, or I was, what I wanted to get into is really the, the manufacturing of a product in, in the packaging. Do you, I know how you started in your house. Did you then move to like a, what, what do they call them? Like a, I'm going to say co-op kitchen, but the it's shared commercial, shared commercial space. kitchen, yep. move there. Yep. Or, or for, where did you do that? Was that? So we are still in the same space. We moved in. So we started it in our home kitchen under the cottage food lot at the end of November, 2020, beginning of March of 2021. So three months we moved into a shared commercial kitchen space. Three months. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. We had to. <laughs> yeah. It was like not Granola sustainable. Everywhere. Well, and we, I was obviously limited because I was working out of a three rack oven, you know? Mm. So mm. we more than tripled our baking capacity. Um, what I can, what we can now produce out of a 10 rack oven as opposed to the three rack oven. Plus it's more efficient because it's a commercial confection. Do you have people in a um, shared kitchen like that? Are you there doing this work or do you have people now? So I'm still part of the production team, yeah. but I have a team because there's no way I could do like, so to put, I guess to put it into perspective, I, we started, so this is a six ounce bag that you have in front of you. Is that the smallest? Yeah. And we okay. do a 12 ounce bag also, which is double that, which would be more of like what you would, you know. You keep that in your pantry. If you're eating granola every morning on, you know, your parfait or on a smoothie bowl or something, you'd probably buy the bigger bag. Um, So we do the two sizes and um, one batch of that, which is going to be about 10 trays going large, you know, commercial size trays going into a a big stacked oven. So 10 of those trays is going to yield about 20 of those bags. 20 of the six ounce. Yeah, we did 40 of those yesterday. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so about three, that's about 300 pounds of granola. So you take the, so you, you, you bake, so this particular bag, this dark chocolate chia, which will be gone by the end of the day. You, you, you got the granola, you got all your, all I would imagine, you have different sources, as we talked about, for your different ingredients. They all come in, so you measuring one pound of let's just say a pound of rolled oats and then a half a pound of coconut and yeah you're mixing it together and you're saying okay and then this one with the chocolate you're sprinkling in the chocolate cocoa powder 
cacao nibs, uh, whatever. You spring, and then that's going into the oven altogether. Yeah. So once it's out of the oven, you've got to cool it. It's got to cool down. It's probably all stuck together. Do you have a machine that breaks it apart or you just... No, no machines. No, no <laughs> machines. We need machines. No, no machines. Do what do you have to like take it? You can't hit it with a hand. What do you do? Uh, you just use like a, hu- a huge spatula. Just and they just like scrape. They cut like it comes off in sheets off of these trays. Oh. So once it's fully cooled, it will, you know, you just kind of give it a few... A few little little nudges and it will we you know comes off in these big sheets into like big bins and then from those big bins we pack it into the retail bags and then we and seal them they go right into cases and then I that's it and so you like take a scoop and scoop it in yeah they're all hand measured all hand measured oh so the next step I mean eventually yeah we want to get this all automated yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually sharing with our team so. Uh, there are these machines that heat seal. So we heat seal, we close the bags, and then each bag is heat sealed at the top to, you know, create. So, you know, once they're on a retail shelf, you can't, you know, you're like walking down the aisle and you're like, oh, let me just open this up. It prevents you from doing that. Sure. Heat seal. Because there are some disgusting people that would actually totally. open it up and do nasty things. Yes. Yes. So we hand heat seal every single bag. And there are these machine. there are machines that exist, right, that will measure the product. You know, you pour all the product basically into like a big funnel and then they would, you know, it measures it. It brings it down a little conveyor belt and it'll seal, seal the bag and then heat seal the bag and then it'll pop it right into a box. <laughs> That's, that's that's the next. Yes. I mean, eventually. Yeah. That's I mean, the issue, obviously, where we are right now, and if I'm being perfectly honest, where I am again in this season of my life, I'm perfectly fine with where we are right now. Um, I personally don't want to be in the production space more than one day a week, which is what we're doing right now. Okay. One days. Um, and we can produce a lot in one day. Um, and we do that, you know, so four or five times a month where in the kitchen and we're moving our products. I mean, we don't hold more than like two or three weeks of inventory. Like all of our product is moving out quickly. So it's not like I have a giant warehouse where we're like, you know, warehousing product. Like all of our product is going out to our retail partners. It's going out via online orders. It's going to, you know, markets, events, pop-ups that we do. Um, It moves pretty quickly. That's great. Although that, that would put a little, Strain on, I wouldn't put a, I mean, if, as long as it stays constant, but like marketing wise, if you all of a sudden decided I'm going to do this marketing campaign and it hits and you're going, uh oh, somebody wants a thousand, whatever. Well, I don't know what that looks like. No, it's panic mode. So it's funny you bring that up because we just had a meeting, a conversation with a small distributor, a Pennsylvania-based distributor that was interested in our products, and we decided not to do it. I'm just not ready yet. It's like it would be great because it would put our products in front of like another, you know, 600 potential retailers up and down the East Coast, but I'm just not there. Yeah. And it's like I don't want to put myself or the business under stress. It's like we've seen such uh, steady, great organic growth that I just want to keep it steady and organic and just let it let it go till I'm at a point where I where, where we're ready to hire a production manager so that can take me out of the production space, you know, and I can have somebody overseeing all of that. We can add more production days and, you know. The slow and steady is 
is great. And it's just, it's extremely smart of you to do that. Because I'm an idiot. And I would have been like, that's yes, good. okay, we'll figure it out. I mean, that's what, you know, and I'm, I've been working so my whole life. That's what it's been. My wife has a company and I'm allowed to talk about that company. And they'll say, okay, what do you think? I'm like, just say yes. Just say yes. And it's worked out for the most part, you know, but it, all of a sudden there's this, this uh, huge stress on everybody. I, I, I think that, and especially, I mean, hers isn't a product where you can, you know, it's a promotional items. So we get a, somebody that says, hey, I want Nandy hats. I need uh, shirts, whatever. So it's printed per order. Per order. Because it's all custom. It's all custom. Yeah. Um, so you just say, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But... You know, and then you follow. I mean, we've we've done a lot of that too. I mean, if so, a lot of this has been reverse engineering. Like, I call all of them growing pains, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. How are we going to figure this one out? Okay. Like the first time that somebody reached out and said, "Do you offer bulk?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Shit. How do we offer bulk? I'm like, how? Do, like, how do we package bulk? Like, what are we going to charge for bulk? You know. Um, Shelby from Main Squeeze Juice, if she's listening to this, she was the first person that ever reached out to me and said, do you sell bulk? And I said, sure, I'll get that to you by the end of the weekend. And we figured it out. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's been lots of moments like that where you're just like literally flying by the seat of your pants and like, yes, we do that within reason, right? I mean, with it, yeah. there are certain things that you're just like, no, we can't do we that. Can't do that. <laughs> like if Whole Foods came and we're or like, no, we, we want you in that. all of our stores no. next week. No, I'd be like, how about we start in like East Liberty and Wexford? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that um, I'm the amount of growth that we've. Seen, I mean, we're we're projected right now to do close to fifty percent growth on last year. That's big, which is awesome. Congrats! Yeah, so it's so cool. Um, I mean, that's amazing. And I will, I'll take 50% growth, you know, gosh, I would take any percent growth, right? But like, when you say, I'm I'm big on like, uh, mindset and really like focusing on, you know, focusing on what you want and and looking at it and reaffirming it and reading it and having it in front of your face. um, Because I think that that. You make it happen. It's, yeah, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like you don't even have to like really think about it. But like there it is. It's like here's this number that's right in front of me on this post-it note on my desk. And I look at it every day and I don't know how I'm going to get there. You don't have to worry about the how. It's just the the process of being in it and moving forward and knowing that like, all right, if I just keep moving forward, like I'm making progress to this number or the or this goal, whether it's, you know, a number of dollars or a number of bags or a number of employees or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, and, and getting there. It's amazing how we manifest you. I mean, you have the ability to manifest your, your dreams. I think the biggest problem is everybody wants it now. You say, Oh, uh, uh, this is my dream tomorrow. I have to have it. No, no, no. That's the long term. And it, I was talking about trying earlier with my friend, Jake Herbert was, Berating me. He wasn't berating me. Jake, you <laughs> might not be listening, but no, I really appreciated it because uh, I love feedback, uh, good or, or good or bad. But the try, if you say, I'm going to try this, it gives you a way out. I, well, I tried it. I didn't make it happen. So that was his point. Like, just, no, you're just going to do it. You might fail. That's fine. And as long as you keep moving forward and you don't give up, you never, you never really failed. You know, that was his whole point. It's like if if you give yourself a way out, you tend a lot of people tend to 
forgive themselves for not making it happen. I know I'm, I'm part of that as well. Today I did it. I did it today. So I like to work out, try to work out every day. Got up this morning and I was supposed to do legs. I hate legs. I hate doing a leg workout. I hate cardio. Oh, see, I love, I don't mind I just, cardio. It's like for me, it's like the getting sweaty and the sports bra. I just, oh, yeah, I'd I don't rather have to like, deal with the sports bra. <laughs> I'd rather like lift weights. I'd rather like just mm-hmm. do like high intensity interval training or like a little bit of like weightlifting. Weights are good. I and dread cardio. You dread I legs. I dread <laughs> the, the lift leg lift day. Yeah. And it's just because it's it's for me, it's boring and it's so painful because I don't know how to do it like within reason. And so today I totally cheated. So I did a full body workout. Legs were involved. Had good. I had a good leg workout. I had trouble walking up the stairs, but I I, I cheated myself. No, but that's okay. You didn't. I mean, you still moved your body I, with intention, I, right? I did it, but I was I didn't do what I was supposed to do. You know that happens. That's fine. I but I should have been like I'm going to do the leg workout no matter what because I spent the same amount of time. I did the same thing, but I just was like I I, I don't know. I gave myself a, a, a way out, and I and I took the way out, but. I don't know what, what that had to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, where are you, where can, where can we find, I know online. Uh, yeah, we have an online shop, uh, but we're partnered currently with just, we're close to 60 shops, retailers, cafes, markets, regionally. Um, so mostly in Pittsburgh, um, but also in Meadville, Ligonier. Um, we just partnered with Highlands Market in Donegal. Love Highlands um, Market. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're really wonderful. Yeah. Um, and lots of really other, uh, lots of other really great local finds that you find there. So in the area like that, the area that that I live in, um, O'Hara area, is there a, is there a place where I can go and buy it? Aspenwall Beans and Cream in Aspenwall. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. He carries our products. What's his name now? Um, because I knew Pete. Oh Pete, I don't know Pete. I knew um, uh, George. No, who's the, the? Was there somebody between Pete and George? There might have been. I don't remember a George. I didn't know a George. Maybe I did know a George. Yes, I remember George had a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a retired teacher that opened Aspenwall Beans and Cream. He's a musician, which is yes. why the theme is the, the theme, theme is beautiful. That's a great spot. And then um, Kathy and he was great. I can't remember, I can't remember his name right now. They owned it. Marsico. Yeah. Ka- yeah. George. Not George. George Marsico. Am I wrong? I don't know. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't know what George's last name was. but Marsico. Was it? Yes. <laughs> so with, I'm so confused because Kathy and Dean, I believe, were also Marsicos. They have a big family. It's possible. It's possible. Maybe they were. I didn't know that they were related. I don't know if they are related because there's other Marsicos. Like Brian Marsico, do you remember Brian? Yeah, they're yeah. all, I believe it's all the same. It's, it's a all big this family. Yeah. Big family. Yeah. So, um, and now, I, so who owns it now? Pete. Uh, Pete, Sin, I hope, Pete, I hope I say your last name correctly. Sandita. Sandita. Yeah, really nice guy. Same cool spot because I haven't been over there. Yep, it hasn't changed. I mean, the the vibe of the space, the logo, nothing's changed. Food's good still, the sandwiches. Well, yeah, you, he yeah. does like sandwiches. He has like small cafe. He carries, yeah. um, What's the ice cream, the small batch ice cream? Yeah, who Pete did they and Andy, carry? Is it Andy and something Andy? Something, yeah. 
Anyway, it's really great ice cream. Great ice cream. You don't do um, ice cream. I eat ice cream. Oh, you're not vegan. I'm not vegan. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just can't. There are seasons, like we by default eat a lot of vegan food mm-hmm. just because, I don't know, we eat a lot of plants. So like a lot of the meals that we eat are vegan just by default, but. Who's yeah, the chef in I the can. house? Uh, we both do a lot of cooking. Okay. I do all the meal plan. I do all the meal planning and most of the, I cook most of our dinners. My husband's like the. Chris is like the brunch and breakfast. Like if we ever do like a weekend, you know, on Saturday morning, so or you know, at noon on Saturday, so he'll cook like a big spread for us. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's what a his, nice guy. Sounds like a good guy. He's good. Yeah, you were talking about the Beyond Meat, Beyond Burger. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't understand. I like it. I am not a vegan or a vegetarian. Now I try to eat primarily vegetables, you know, but I, listen, tonight, tomorrow, it's all burger, burgers and beer. That's my thing. I love that. But I don't do that during the week. But there's still chicken. I made a vegan, it was vegan. We made it vegetarian because I added cheese to it, but a vegan uh, chili Mm -hmm. last night. Yeah. Sweet potato chili. It's one of my favorites. So good. It's the season. Oh yeah. You got to get the- nourishing. That's like soul food. It is, right? It's so good. And my wife is- Mostly vegetarian, only because she doesn't like meat. It's not like she has some reason to be. She just doesn't like the taste of meat. But I never understood the vegetarian. Like I, I get a veggie burger, like a real veggie burger that's made with beans, beans. and you know that. But then like the Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger, it's so strange to me. So Impossible Burgers freak me out because they have like. They have the texture of beef and they like look, they look like beef. I'll never forget the first time that I ordered one off a veggie burger off of a menu, not knowing that it was an impossible burger. And it came and I took a bite and I was like, oh my God, I think this is a beef burger. I'm totally freaked out. Cause it's like, and it looks like when you bite into it because they use beef. Beef blood. Oh. I mean, they use beets <laughs> for the blood. Yeah. yeah. To make it, to give it that like pink hue. So it looks like literally you bite into it. It looks like a rare burger. Like talk about. Being somebody who is, I haven't taken a bite into a beef burger in, you know, 15 years, and I think that I'm eating one. And I had to pull the waitress aside and say, I'm so sorry, but I think that they sent, and she was like, no, like, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I cannot eat this. It is like, it tasted like a beef burger. So for somebody that wants to just like incorporate more plant-based meals into their life, and get like the benefits of the lower cholesterol, whatever that they're gonna get in that alternative, then that's for them. I'm with you though. I like like a bean burger. Yeah. That's like made with beans and maybe like rice or oats or something that like binds it all together with like maybe some mushrooms or like sweet potatoes to like bind it together. Yeah. It's like a veggie burger. It's made it's of fe- vegetables. Made of vegetables, yeah. not <laughs> like chem. I don't. So, and I'm not sure that you're under a time crunch. I just have to be back to see my baby at some point. Oh, yes, you do. Um, we're good. You're, you're stuck here forever. We're you're good. Till like well, one, let, just tell me, and we'll just shut it down whenever, whenever we're you're ready. We're good until like 1.30. Oh, we are? Okay, what time is it? Like okay, we got it. We're good. We're, we're good. good. Okay. Um, see, this is more fun than you thought it would be, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not convinced that the Impossible Burger is healthier than a real burger. So I think the key to all of this is like 
and this is sort of what I taught, like with my health coaching consulting is like everything in moderation. Right. Mm -hmm. So like that's including beef burgers. Right. So like if you want to eat a beef burger, eat a beef burger. Right. Enjoy the heck out of it. Just don't do it three times a day. Exactly. Right. right? So like it's everything in moderation. You want to enjoy a beer, like a seltzer. Enjoy it. Yes. Like go out, like have some, like sit down, have a conversation with your friends and enjoy it. Right. Or like some wine or um, a Beyond Burger. But if I think the problem that we get stuck in is when we're like eating like meat alternatives like that every day. And I see that a lot like in the vegan community where like people are seeking out, they're like, all right, I want to adopt a vegan lifestyle because of the health benefits. But instead of like incorporating more whole plant foods, they're eating like, you know, plant-based nuggets and they're eating like Beyond Burgers and they're eating like, you know, whatever's out there. So I think, I don't know, as a general rule of thumb, we'll eat stuff like that like once every week. And that's it. It's like the one thing I miss being plant-based like meat-wise is like hot sausage. I miss like hot sausage on like pasta. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. eating like hot sausage with like peppers and onions and mushrooms with so like good. a spicy red sauce like yes. on ravioli or something. Oh, oh so, so, good. Good. so good. Like I really miss that. Or like in the summer, I think honestly we probably eat more of uh, you know, in the this time of year, like as the weather gets cooler, we probably don't even eat that stuff once a week. Because in the summer, you tend to grill, you know. Yeah, I grill all year round. Yeah, I do. We don't. I'm a big griller. Me grill. I love the in grill. The summer. Um, and then I want to get fat in the winter. I mean, I don't want to, but my body does, <laughs> and no? I'm fighting it so bad, so hard. It's so much harder. Come like February, Marchish, I'm like. My body's like, okay, time to lean up. But right now it's such a struggle, like just working out in the morning. It's like I have to override every impulse in my brain to say, no, you're just going to go do this. Where two months ago, I, that's all I wanted to do. Just jumped out of bed, it's, got in there. And it's, I get that it's you know, our way of winter's coming, body needs to put on some fat, stay warm, but it's so difficult. Yeah. Um, what I, made you? Oh, go ahead. I think um, it's the cold mm-hmm. and like the sun's not, you know, the sun isn't like blaring in and it's going to get worse because the time, <sighs> the clocks are going to change. So depressing. Yeah, it's hard. But I mean, this is like, you know, focus on what you can, you can control and it's not that. You so. can't control the weather, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I moved from, I lived in San Diego for 12 years and that was. Sunshine. Sunshine all, all day. You had no excuse. And that was one of the things coming from. In Northeast is that you actually I ended up missing those rainy shitty days because I think you really value that we were just talking about this other day it's like you really value the sunny ones you it's do, like when Roger. every day is sunny you're like up oh, another sunny day like big deal right here we're like oh my gosh there's not a cloud in the sky like, like everybody leave work it's kind of like uh, my husband and I met in Crested Butte Colorado and he's a big skier I'm not a skier. I actually learned to snowboard while I was living there. It's not It's not a hobby that I've kept. We'll just leave it there. Oh. But um, in small ski towns like that, on like fresh powder days, like all the businesses close. Good. There's a sign on every business that says like powder day. Perfect. And I feel like that's kind of what we do in Pittsburgh. It's like, you know, everybody gets nervous out of work or yeah. like they just sort of bail on whatever their responsibility We should. Are. I mean, that should be like a Pittsburgh rule, like a beautiful... 75 to 80 degree day. Because there's so few and far between. Everybody shuts down. Mm-hmm. Just, you're done. Nobody's doing business. Um, 
that would be great. Because there also, with this weekend, we're supposed to like 70 degrees. It's like 30 degrees the other day. You can turn your heat off. I can turn the heat <laughs> off. I just turned it on. Yeah, I'm just sweating in my house. What, so what made you become a vegetarian? Um, so I think as like a young teenager, I dabbled in vegetarianism because, you know, I loved animals, right? I did. I did as well. I think we all, yeah. most people I think do at some point where you're like, oh, I love animals so much. I'm not going to eat them. They are tasty though. Um, and then I don't know, I went to college and obviously that was like cost prohibitive. And I was like, live, I was eating whatever the cafeteria was serving us. You know, you just... Right. You get drunk and eat a hot dog in college, right? It's yeah, all over. <laughs> so, um, so then I started incorporating meat into my diet again. And then probably like my late 20s, like 27-ish, I started to really like just learn about where food comes from and it was eye-opening. It's you know, disgusting. It's, it's Yeah. So it's that that's honestly what's inspired so much of the work that I do. And, you know, the products that we offer now are like, they're whole food products that like you can feel really good about putting them in your body and feeding them to the people that you care about because like there's just a lot of crappy granolas on the market, right? Um, but in that t during that time, I just we weren't in a position to, you know, be going farm direct and buying like quarter cows or, you know, right. buying whole chickens. I mean, I was like living alone. What am I going to do with, with a quarter cow in my freezer, you know? <laughs> so I just took it out of my diet. Um, and now it's just been so long. It's been, what, like 15 years? It's just... So, yeah, why go back? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And, you know, I if if for whatever reason that changes and I feel like, up, oh, I think my body needs something different, something more nutrition-wise. Mm -hmm. And when you're tuned into, like, just what your body, how it feels and what it needs... I'm not, you know, zero judgment. I'm going to be like, all right, let's, let's just like it. give it a go and yeah. see how it feels. We need more iron or we need more whatever yeah. that, yeah. It's interesting because a lot of vegetarians talk about the benefits of being vegetarian. And I think that there are, for most people, benefit for being vegetarian from cholesterol, uh, high blood pressure, so forth and so on. But then there's a whole different group of people that have tried vegetarianism and feel like, crap. Like I have a friend who about a year ago, maybe maybe it's two, I don't know, COVID threw the whole timeline off. I, I have no know. idea. Yeah. Could have been five years ago. I have no idea. But uh, he, they did it. He and his, his wife is mostly a vegetarian anyway. So he went on a vegetarian diet for like nine months. He, he said he felt the worst he's ever felt, right? And everybody's so different that it's, it's interesting and, I, you know, again, I kind of know my body. I know my cholesterol is too high, but I also know that if I exercise enough, I can keep that in check. It's just family. And I shouldn't eat the meat, but then, you know, I shouldn't eat those burgers. I have burgers pretty much twice a week, which is probably too much, I think. I don't really know. So there's no, like, that, like who told you that, the, that? I think that this is where we get stuck. This is where diet culture has us feeling stuck is, like, so who who defined that? Who defined that like there's a certain number of burgers or like plant-based sausages or whatever it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I always go back to like who decided donuts are for breakfast? Yeah, it's weird. Are basically cupcakes. They're cupcakes in, in a so circular like we, form. We just put them in a different pancakes. shape and we decided. So pancakes aren't as bad. If you've ever made pancakes from scratch, they take like one tablespoon of sugar or something. True. I mean, it, they're not as bad. But there's still the refined flour and... They're not, I don't think they're very yeah. good for you. 
I mean, I, good. Uh, I make plant pancakes. My kids' favorite pancakes are they're made out of flax seeds, and my kids have no idea. Yeah, yeah, you do all right. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we want our favorite pancakes. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so smart to start them young. Yeah, in understanding food, but then they go off the rails. My son was a fantastic eater, and he grew up eating just all organic, mostly plant-based. He loves salad. And then one day, we don't know exactly what happened, but at lunch at school, somebody was eating a salad and like something happened and it flung on to him. And he he's literally... Scarred for life. He's terrified of salad. We funny? have salad at the table, which I love salad. I'm a big fan of salad. He will not come in the room. And it, he's like, there's, if we, then the salad's over. He's like, I can't go over that side. He's terrified of it. We're like, man, what happened? Now he only eats anything white, like, you know, pasta, white bread. He'll eat chicken. Um, and that's probably about it. So just like keep it available, right? So yeah. I think like with kids, we get so hung up. Our first, our oldest, he's almost nine, is, um, I don't know, he's, he eats a very balanced diet, but he's very picky. So he'll eat. I could literally put like a, I could fill this whole table filled with raw vegetables. I mean, the kid will eat raw kale and <sighs> eat, like happily eat raw kale. I'm not a fan. Most people aren't, right? Yeah. But he will eat like any raw vegetable, but don't you dare cook it. Don't you put a sauce on it or near it or a dip or like. Nothing. Just eat the raw. No, veg raw veggies. So I don't know. Everybody's everybody's different. And so we just continue to encourage like, okay, this is what's for dinner. And like this, what would you like to have on the side? He's like, I want a mountain of like, you know, apple slices and like raw broccoli. And he wants like all these fruits and veggies, but he won't eat like, he wants plain pasta. Yeah. Like no, no sauce. Not even butter. Uh, he will do a little bit. I, little I try to sneak like a little bit of butter, coconut oil to get like some staying power on him. Right. Because I'm like, you're going to, your body's going to burn this pasta before you for, walk upstairs <laughs> for bed. Are you kidding? Right. <laughs> get some fat on your bones. So he's, you said he's nine. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still a little young. Is he, do do, do sports at all? Um, so he's, he's going to be a runner. We're trying to figure out like what his thing is. So he's played soccer. I feel like every kid plays soccer. Yeah. He likes soccer because that, I don't know. It's really like the only team sport he's ever done. He's not going to be a baseball kid. Football for him Thank is like goodness. way too aggressive. Okay. Um, he because he, he I don't, it's just not his sport, and he's just like always been very naturally like he the kid can sprint and run and like he'll walk two miles with me from the time he was like three. He oh, would wow. walk or hike like two miles. Or run and sprint, and he comes back, and he's, like, not even winded. We're like, all right, I think we have a runner on our hands. Yeah. So we're trying to get him involved in, like, cross-country or track. Um, he just ran his first 5K. How'd he do? Um, third place in his age bracket. Wow. He won a trophy. I cried when they called his name. <laughs> My God. So I think that's what we're going to lean into. We're trying to find, you know, just opportunities for him to, like, you know, just connect with other kids that age um, with similar interests. Do you worry about influence from other kids from an eating habit? And I, one reason I say this is, like, I knew a lot of kids that, for instance, alcohol. They didn't drink when they were in um, high school. I was not one of those kids. I wasn't. 
And then they got to college and they had this freedom of choice and they lost their minds. Like, because they, you know, that whatever the reason, it was pressure from the parents. And, um, but you saw this with food as well. People that were, seemed super healthy. And then they had this freedom to be like, McDonald's, I can eat McDonald's every day. My parents never let me eat McDonald's. Do you have a concern with, with, that as he's I mean he's still nine still pretty young yeah but this is like when you I mean my other we have a three-year-old I mean this is like when they're like learning the foundational the foundation for all this stuff like I grew up learning like quote-unquote healthy and unhealthy foods like that's healthy that's unhealthy I'm I I those words that aren't even like in our vocabulary my kids say those words because they hear them at school or you know their teachers will say like we want you to eat you know, X out of your lunchbox before you eat Y because it's the healthier thing in your lunchbox. I am really working to teach them, like, how does your body feel when you eat that? Like, our eight-year-old last year, like, binged on Halloween candy on Halloween, which is oh, what you're supposed to do on absolutely. Halloween. Absolutely. You have to. But he came home. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so <laughs> sick. And I was like, well... <laughs> You know, that's what happens when you eat too much sugar. You know, does your your body – I would just want you to remember how you're feeling right now because when you eat, you know, 95 mini-sized candy bars or, you know, even four, yeah. six, whatever it is, like how does your body feel right now? And he's awesome. like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, I just want you to remember because, you know, there's nothing wrong with having candy but really just helping to stay tuned into their bodies. That's good. Um, and teaching them like, you know, food is energy, right? Like food yeah. is like the fuel that we put in our car. So like, do you want to put good, as much good fuel in it as possible? And that's going to give you energy to like do all the important things that you have to do today. Or eat Reese's peanut butter cups, which I love. And feel like shit. And, but you feel like like uh, two, like the regular. One or two of them. Yeah. Two is good. Yeah. I'll get that stupid king size four pack and, and they're gone within 20 seconds. You and I'm like, like what, what did I do? Yeah. Why did I, why I feel like total shit and now I just need to go to sleep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel that it's interesting because I'm like trying to learn right now, like how to live life again with like, we, so we have a almost six month old and I'm just That's, now kind of getting out of the fog of, you know, having the business, having two older kids and having a baby in the midst of all of it. That's a lot. And like feeding myself. Like how do I feed myself, especially in the middle of the day when I'm just in the thick of all of it, right? I have all these moving pieces. I'm trying to like get to emails. I'm, you know, getting, you know, I'm getting orders out. We have a household, right? Like I have this little baby and I have two kids that go to school, and it, like here I am, like we're just started all over again, right? Started all. Oh. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. There are some days where like four thirty comes, and I'm like, oh my god, I have no energy. Like, why am I so tired? And I'm like, oh, because I haven't eaten since nine. Yep. And you just forget that, like, if I fed, if I had fed myself lunch, then I'd have that would have given me the energy to get to four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, an apple just doesn't cut it. Apple doesn't cut it. No. I find like. And I forget constantly because I don't, I don't eat breakfast. And I started that years ago in just intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which for me has been great. And it works for you. It yeah. works for me. I don't eat. So I get that sick. I'm basically the 16, eight every day. Uh, Cause I tried all these stupid diets. Like the key, I mean, it's great for some people. I get it. But for me, I can't, I don't want to live my life. Yeah. I could do that for a month or two, but that's not a way to live. 
you know, so I stopped and then I thought I was reading about intermittent fasting. I started that and basically just saying, okay, cut out breakfast. And then I have a shake for lunch, typically. Um, and then I'll eat a normal dinner. If I'm hungry in the middle, I'll snack on something, whatever. But if I, I get working, podcasts screw me up all the time. Uh, <laughs> because like I actually ate today. I ate before I ate chili, leftover chili at like 10 a.m., which my body does not like that now. It's like, what are you doing? We're going to mess you up for the next two days. But if I miss that shake at noon, I have to drink it. But sometimes at like three o'clock comes around and it's I, I it's like a wall hits you and you're I I'm gonna collapse. To put fuel in the tank. You gotta get that in. And it's in today's world, it's really hard because yeah, we have a lot of different freedoms because of technology, but that technology takes a lot of our time and we are constantly in contact where it's very difficult to step back and turn that all off and say, I'm not available. Because I need me. It's boundaries. And that's something that I think I've, I've learned. I don't know. We, we learned that by doing. Boundaries weren't something that was, nobody ever taught me boundaries. It's something I've had to teach myself. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, when you start to set boundaries, you start to feel like, oh, my God. Like, okay, A, I didn't die. <laughs> and, like, B, the person that I set the boundary with or, you know, the, the, biz, the business, the the opportunity, the person, whatever it is, no, I'm not available or thanks so much for thinking of us, but, you know, whatever it is. We get a lot of inquiries for events. You know, come and do our fall festival. I won't book more than one a week because during event season because that's just an overcommitment. And I know that, like, in the times that I have, I'm like – those, you know, that comes up to that weekend where I booked two events. I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, like I've overstepped my own boundary, Yeah. you know? So I, I think, you know, realizing that like when I set healthy boundaries, I don't die. And, and I think it's becoming more respectable. Totally. People are understanding. Um, the one boundary that I always had from day one was don't, if I, if my children have a sports event or whatever they're doing, that's always going to come before my clients. They understand that. And they've all, I've never had anybody that wasn't supportive of that. And they were like, absolutely. So setting those boundaries is because I I try to be available. All my clients have my cell phone. They can call me whenever they want. They, I used to not give it out in fear that they, um, would overstep your boundary. Would overstep it. And as soon as I gave it out, they call like 80% less. Because they know they can get me in any time. Right. And it's not weekends I'm available, you know, after in, as, as, in a reasonable time frame. And if I'm not available to I'll answer the phone, I'm not at my computer. I can't look at your question, but I'll get back to you as soon as possible. They never call, like hardly ever. I mean, obviously, they have a question or something. But before, they would call all the time. Are you, you know, what are you doing? What are you, uh, so having the respect in the last probably five or 10 years have started to realize that people's time is very important for that person and they need the time to do a better, a good job for you and to make sure that the, the, the love and respect goes into the product. Cause if you're up 24 hours, you know, and when you were doing stickers, the sticker's not going to be straight, you know, <laughs> just slap the thing on there and get going. Listen, I, I would, I could talk to you for another hour, but it's one thirty. And I want to respect your time. So 
Um, if somebody wants to get some, and you should get this, it's unbelievably delicious. Uh, this is best ever granola. The one I'm eating is the dark chocolate chia, and it is fabulous. What's the best way for them to either A, get in touch with you if they're uh, interested in learning more, or where can they go? What's the best place for them to buy your granola? So we're partnered, like I said, with close to 60 shops, retailers, markets regionally. Um, you can find us online at bestevergranola.com. All of our local business partners are there, um, and also on Instagram at bestevergranola. Um, and I can be found, you know, on either one of those places if you just send a message or an email. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to come here and talk with you today. Thank you. It was a blast. I appreciate your time. Um, and I, maybe we'll get to do it again in the future in your next growth spurt. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Uh, but let's get you back to your little one because that's important. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Have fun out there. Take care. <laughs>